For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. The Westwood One Podcast Network. All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness. Join me every week as I take you into my briefing room with some of the most hard-charging people on the planet. They're going to show you how to embrace the suck of life, teach you the values of working your ass off, and charge through whatever life throws at you. This is the Team Never Quit Podcast. Podcast. So buckle up, buttercup. The Team Never Quit Podcast is sponsored by Navy Federal Credit Union. If your car breaks down, can you pay the repair bill today? Navy Federal Credit Union can help you build an emergency fund for the unexpected. Learn more at NavyFederal.org slash save. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Team Never Quit Podcast. I'm Andrew, joined as always by Marcus and Morgan Luttrell. So welcome brother. back, guys. Hello. I'll do it. Today we got your mom on the show. That's not a joke. It's really, it really is your mom. Uh, That's how you know it's going to be an exciting year. It's going to be against, out, against our better judgments. Exactly. A legend, one of the most fierce women I've ever met. Sweetest ladies. She's amazing. Holly Luttrell, a.k.a. Mom Luttrell. She'll be on the show today to give us an update on her health, tell us what it was like to raise two Navy SEALs, and much more. Can't wait to get to that interview. But before we do, we got a Patreon question of the day. Daniel asks, if you were to cast the perfect action movie... Who do you want to appear on the screen together? Oh, I, I think about this all the time. It's not it's well, it's a it's a it's a western though, not an action movie. All right. And it's about Texas Rangers. And I'm talking about having Clint Eastwood, Sam Elliott, yep. that the the cast off of Tombstone, some of those mm-hmm. guys, some of those cowboys in there. But I also think you should you should also take uh, you should take Daniel Craig, the James Bond, and, and Bruce Willis. But keep it in the Western, right? But implement each one of them in their character in the West, and have and just have a knockdown drag out. I mean, you can throw the Avengers in there if you want to get crazy enough. With <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> like, right. but I like have have these young uh, aspiring Rangers that are having the it, like the like the Texas you know the Indian Wars, and they're and they're fighting their way up through from south to north and they're in the mm. Comanche country and they're and they're hunting down this old ranger that has been there done that and they, they kick in a saloon door and it, there's Clint Eastwood sitting there bullshitting with Tommy Lee Jones or somebody yeah. like that you know but you could just, you could you could start it out you could go back into into um with when they're younger like as if they're palling around together when they're younger and what they had to go through with each other like tie those stories in and then, and then it's then a it, Robert Duvall Tommy yeah, Lee Jones at, at the end of it it's it's looking through those I can't eyes. believe nobody's done that cuz there's so many great like Empire of the Summer Moon just mm. cast it around that book oh man could you put any genre in that 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 little that time period right that that would be my 
Yeah, that, I literally drive down the road thinking about how awesome it would be to do a great Western over the range. Well, if you're something. listening, Hollywood or Netflix, I guess, please <laughs> yeah. come through for us. Daniel, thanks for asking your question. Yeah, Melly and I watch the old <laughs> westerns on TV all the time. That's when, like when we're laying down. And, and, and we're There's all these new ones that are coming out that are pretty cool, anyways. So be like, why not bring some of the old guys? Introduce a little bit of the new dudes. Yeah, this would be have, awesome. Have Eastwood in there just for final. Sam Elliott. Everybody with the great stash, right? <laughs> so you can have them. Yeah, you're right. The younger characters could be modern day guys that are in the acting space. Or they're kids. And then they could be their kids. you could fast forward it towards one as they and move, still they progress. And you have Selleck and, and Eastwood and Red and Duvall and Jones and Elliot, just all of them at the end of the movie, just sitting on the porch, kicking kicking back, having a beer going, and we had a good time. Today. Yeah, it's like like that younger crew that's running around together. They go riding out to the cabin out in, out in the middle of nowhere, and there's a campfire with the elders sitting around it. And then there's the... The those guys, the right? legends, the, the yeah, classics, the, Kevin Costner, yeah, know, man, OGs, badasses, man, they're all great. And you could jump a generation, like you could call, like the with the nicknames, like the Duke. So the 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 elder could call his kid that, and but you don't know why it got that name kind of yeah. deal. But it's through the yeah. What's that? Hey, don't call him a cowboy. You seen him ride? Tommy Lee Jones can ride too. So all of them boys can. They all ride. I ran into uh, Costner the other day at, a, at an event. He's still he's dressed up in his denim shirt and his denim jeans. Because Melly's had me glued to Yellowstone. If you want exclusive access to the show, bonus behind-the-scenes content, ask us your questions on the episodes every week, then you make sure you check us out on Patreon. You get exclusive access to the show, bonus content, some really cool swag, and you get access that's uh, only exclusive to our Patreon guests, our Patreon members. So head over to patreon.com slash teamneverquit. Let's get to today's guest. All right, guys, so we have someone super special on the show today. Holly Luttrell, Mama Luttrell, as you guys know her. Welcome to the show, Mom. Hey, thank you, Andrew. Welcome on the show, Mom. Thank you, baby. Love you, Mother. I love you, son. Love you a bunch, Morgan. Love you, t- love you too, Mama. <laughs> this is one of the relaxed situations. My mother is dressed to the nines. Oh, boy. <laughs> fine. Looking good. That's one thing I've always respected about my mother. She's <laughs> comfy. Thanks. Would you give our listeners a little bit of background maybe on your childhood, kind of growing on my up? my childhood? Yeah, your childhood, yes, ma'am. Uh, I was raised over in Baytown, Texas. I graduated from Robert E. Lee High School. Uh, I got married at 18 to a boy I dated since I was 12 years old. Uh, Horses were a big part of my life. I got my first one when I was five years old, and I've loved them always. And I've tried to tried to make a living with horses my whole life. It's a hard thing to do. (laughs) I didn't know you married your twelve year old boyfriend. Yeah, I've been married. I may not have said that right. Well, I started going with him when I was twelve years old. We got married when I was eighteen. Oh, was he when you were 12? 21. Oh. He was 21 he, no, when you were 12? No, he was 15. That's he was awesome. 15. I was 12. He was 15. When I was 18, he was 21. We got married. Yeah. And it didn't last. <laughs> so I don't even know why I told y'all about that one. <laughs> uh, we were married two months. He was drafted. He left for Colleen. And then from there on... 
to Vietnam and um, the Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve, his first few months over there, he was blown out of the back of a Jeep. He had shrapnel a quarter of an inch from his spine. And uh, I got to go to Hawaii to visit him. They didn't bring him home to heal him. But uh, it was a very traumatic thing to go to, to be so young, to be so in love, and for him to go to war. It was a very traumatic thing for me. I cried for months. <laughs> Just couldn't wrap my hands around the fact that he was gone and gone over there. I, I didn't have a... I didn't have any concept of Vietnam and what all that was about and what was going on and what he was facing. And uh, poor guy. Poor guy. He, he served his country well. Served his country well. Yeah, that's all I got to say. He just a glutton for punishment then because then you married Dad. Yeah. And then, oh, I was and, a glutton for punishment. And then you punishment. had us. Yeah. You know, didn't couldn't, know, get, couldn't get away from it. Could I know military? Nah. Was raised military. My dad. Yeah, because Papa was in the Papa army. Papa was military. Um, we've we've had. He was mm -hmm. World War Two. He was in Saipan, Iwo Jima, and I believe Guam. I have to think about Saipan, Iwo Jima. What about yeah, Uncle? Was over in what about there. Uncle Filing? Yes, uh, we, have a, Filan, we have an uncle named Filan. He was yeah. not in the military. Filan really? was the baby of the family, and he did not have to go. Now, How many on were my there? mother's side, Uncle William was a pilot in World War II. Yeah. And his wife had a young, beautiful wife and a baby, baby son. His wife died while he was overseas fighting war. She developed... I don't know what she died of. I'm sorry, I don't. I wasn't, I don't think I was even born then, but she passed away. I never knew her, but um, it was a very traumatic thing for my Uncle William, for the whole family, for him to go through. But um, also, Uncle Jess, Uncle William's brother Jess, was in the military. So, And then if you start going backwards, Melanie went back really far. <laughs> We've had a lot of military in our family. The women raised the children. The men were fighting war. So and you either marry one or raise one, right? You married one or you raised one, but you knew how to raise warriors. You knew how to raise good men, good Americans, good people. They were, they were salt of the earth, those people, all those people. Can you, can you tell the listeners why you why you always think, which I value this because I raise my sons this way and Marcus raises his kids this way, but can you tell the listeners why it's so important for yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, and no, sir, and no, ma'am? Well, it goes In along. In your opinion? Mm -hmm. It goes along with discipline. Uh, it's very important to teach children to have respect. In my way of thinking, you've got till they start to school to put your stamp on your child to make sure that they understand what you want of them, how you want them to be. And then the world kind of starts taking over, and the world puts its stamp on them. So you've got to really put who they are into them before they go to school. Create a good foundation. And create a good foundation. Yes, sir, no, sir. You give me a yes, ma'am. And you boys both know I'd warm the seat of your pants if you misbehaved and did what I told you not to. 
because we work we lived on working horse ranches. If I could stop you on a dime, you could have died. You could have crawled up under one, gotten into somewhere you shouldn't have been with something you shouldn't have been in there with. And, and you know how adventurous you were. I mean, let's remember the Bramer Bull that lived next door. He's awesome. <laughs> Billy Boy. Billy. Billy Boy. Uh I mean, I found out that they were getting on an enormous Bramer bull that lived in the pasture next door to us. And Morgan, I believe it was you, came in and said, Mark's riding bully boy. (laughs) And I went out there, and there he was sitting up on it, and Morgan scrambled right up that fence and got up on behind him. You were both up there on that bull before I could... Breathe. That was huge. I remember that. Oh, he was huge. Yeah, he, he was, was over two thousand pounds. Got out. One of those he must have been bottle great fed or something. Big. That was Mr. Bates. Man, when he came running down the street that time after the all the cows had gotten out, and I think after we had caught the field on fire, that's a whole different story altogether. That was a good one. Well, do you remember when they caught us? Uh, we had taken this uh, acres this of PVC my neighbor's pipe. pasture. So we had these two ponds, and uh, the road kind of went between our. The driveway started up, and it went through the ponds and to the barn. And then Morgan and I would run through there to uh, to go feed the horses. Well, we had it in our head that, man, we were going to be... I don't know, we started scuba diving at a young age. I mean, like, without scuba tanks, like, on the ground with underwear on our head and socks in our mouth, and on the end of our feet, kind of kicking around. <laughs> we got this old... Um, <clears throat> Uh, what kind of chair is that? Lawn chair Sw- bent. Swing. Swing, old, swing, right? Yeah, aluminum and, swing. And rolled uh, and jettisoned a rope across one of those ponds and hooked up these our idea was that we were going to launch down to the bottom of that <laughs> pond and be able to breathe through this water hose PVC, and PVC pipe, pipe. we had no idea what Boyle's law was and physics Pressures. and pressure related and how that we were going to live underwater yeah. well, you were about yeah. six years old and it was hell bent on it I mean we had a six or seven years old <laughs> we man. put brown paper bag sacks on, on, on the swing with us that thing yeah, we had all figured out. Didn't think that was going to get wet. They built an airplane and pushed it off the roof of the barn. That didn't fly, yeah. though. They would tie come. towels around their necks knowing that they could fly and climb on top. They were able to get on top of our house at the age of two. They started automobiles. They would get around and up and get to keys. And it didn't matter where you put them. They could get to him. Didn't Mar- did and ghost- Marcus came in the house? Like, what you asked him? What, no, you know, you asked Marcus what you've been doing. He like driving some. Who was it? Gregory's car? And that was you. Oh no, I was the truck. He was Daddy's truck. He <laughs> he backed Daddy's how, truck how was I down I came in two there? houses into the- and into the people's house. It hit their house. It knocked bricks off the front like of their the front house. Door like it was knocking. <laughs> I'll never get when that thing started moving. I was like, hey, man, I couldn't see over there. <laughs> I remember seeing the the column where that thing went into gear. And then, uh, oh, yeah, God, awesome. we had fun. We man. had a lot of fun, but it sure what got scary sometimes. I mean, so, because if, they were so brave that these two never had fear. They came up in the era of no fear. There were shirts they wore, no fear. So they just grew up not being afraid to do anything, to try anything. And I certainly did not encourage it. I made a point (laughs) 
do not pass your fear on to your children. That was very big with me. Rambo very important. Yeah, man. <laughs> Benjamin, you understand, Benjamin. like our G.I. Joe figures were all yoked up. I mean, it was Stallone and then. Uh, oh, yeah. Chuck Norris, Schwarzenegger. Well, that's kind of the guys the who taught us our, mm-hmm. you know, everything about us. Oh, yes. I let them watch man, everything like probably- that. <laughs> all of those. Uh, all of those, what kind of movies do you call those? Or action movies. Yeah, so, man, our family, we have to tell you what There was absolutely no restriction on the TV ratings of the movies. Well, porn. Well, no, I, well yeah. <laughs> I didn't allow you to watch that's, porn. That's kind of a loose statement. <laughs> well, I didn't allow him to watch porn. No, 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 yeah. No, not porn. <laughs> yeah. That's not what I meant. No, but they could watch wrong. everything else. Yeah. No. And I encouraged it. Well, it also let us, it's kind of like the guy, the, what we had to watch was kind of the people around us, too, and what they were capable of. Yeah, that one sounded awesome. Uh, but uh, that's hilarious. But we had these huge gatherings that we'd have to watch either, it would either be Lonesome Dove and Cowboy Movie. And, and when the men would go out and do uh, the hunt and all this, at, at night they would uh, huddle around and, uh, you know, binge watch some kind of movie and laugh and joke and, and kind of hoot and holler about that all day long. It was, it was fun. I mean, I, I remember like it was yesterday. We had a ball. Grow, their growing yeah, up was a ball. They had a blast. We had a blast. We still have a blast. I mean, well, you know, we loved hack and slash, but I let them watch everything because of it. It's another thing with this no fear thing. I would explain to them that it's up there in that box on the wall. It is not in this room with us. Right now. It's not real. Right. That was the point was that she would, if, if she, we were sitting there watching it on the wall and like, you, cause if you can see it there, you, you can possibly, you, if you run into the same scenario out in, in the open, you'll know if it's going to be a dangerous one. Like if there's some creepy stuff and chainsaws and dudes. Yeah. No, to teach them what yeah, to I, watch I mean, for. Like, life, don't go up know? in there. Everybody who does in the movies gets killed. There's probably something to it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's like a, it was a, it was an aid. It was a tool because we had to watch all the stuff on horses. It was, we'd have to go out and feed the horses, and I mean, it was just like a, it was another tool on top of everything else we had. If you, I mean, you can abuse it. Yeah, I don't know if I think we might have uh, got into Freddy Krueger a little early. We we, uh, but we played game. We played memory games. We played. We were the best at trivia, even when you were tiny, when you were little. We're still some of the best at trivia. I mean, we can still come up with answers that amaze people that we know this kind of stuff i don't know why we know this but it's just time we spent together freddy krueger taught me not to go down in a basement what was it like growing up raising twin boys because i remember when sometimes we were walking through town we'd piss you off and somebody would offer and he's like hey these good looking boys here and he's like well you got to take both of them it's a matched pair match set it's a matched pair you can't have just one people try to take one of them because they were so pretty there's two of them they work in pairs yeah no this is a group this is a pair here it was extremely difficult in the first years. There was so much to do. You didn't know there was two of us first. Didn't know there were two until the day you were born. And overheard the doctor say, I think there's two. And I grabbed him by the front of his shirt and pulled him down to <laughs> my face. Two what? I think there's two babies in there. Let's go down to x-ray and make sure. And sure enough, there's two babies <laughs> in there. It. I mean, what a shock, huh? <laughs> Ta-da. 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 some rams in there. Yeah. Mark was bonus baby, my little bonus baby. I mean, we're still not totally convinced we didn't get, like, switched up or mixed up. No, you were firstborn. Morgan firstborn. 
Yeah, then the old man the came baby. creeping in. He wasn't around when we uh, hit the deck. Yeah, he was. I tell you what, I called him after the doctor took the x-rays, and we saw that I'm in labor and that there's two babies. I called David from the hospital and said, David, I'm in labor. And he said, oh, my God, I'll be right there. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's two. And he said, two what? Two what? And I said, two babies. Oh, my God. It took his breath away. Oh, my God. Well, now, don't you worry about a thing. I'm on my way. I'll be right there. He got completely from out there, Antoine Silber. We lived off Antoine and Silber. He got over uh, into the medical. St. Louis? Uh-huh. He got over there like 15, 20 minutes. He flew over That's the same there. thing happened with me. Melanie called me from the hospital because Haley was in there. I'd come back home to feed the uh, cows. And then they're like, she went to, you know, and working in L&D and doing all that, I should have known that, you know, that take a little bit. I got from the, from water all the way to um, the hospital in about 17 minutes. He did that too. Yeah. We were pig hunting out at the Lazy J when Leslie went into labor with Gunner. Got to, you got, got, to, got to, there like Norman 45 minutes. Norman G to Tomball in right under an hour. Yeah. Yeah. That's flying. Oh, yeah, buddy. That's oh, buddy. Oh, yeah. That Every now and again, you got to feel a little speed to your ride. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my God. Because they had running. babies coming. They were getting these girls to the hospital. Cause she told me, she's like, we Mojo had his first one. He, he called me up. He's like, hey, man, I, uh, I need you to mail me some sand I don't, or some dirt. I don't know if I'm going to be able to have, if he's going to be able to be born in Texas. Yeah, because I was stationed in Virginia he's Beach. He's stationed in Virginia Beach. I was like, I was like, don't come back. <laughs> so I was you like, that boy better be born. Home. I mean, he calls me up coming across the state line. Yeah, I made it. <laughs> yeah she, she, I thought she's. We thought she went into labor. She's having false labor pains. Turns out we thought she's in labor in Virginia Beach, and I put her in a truck and drove her to Texas. Hold <laughs> on, oh, no, I have to. I just remember telling you, Morgan, it's very, very important. You have your baby has to be born in Texas. Yeah, they were. You, you have to bring. You have to come home and have your baby here. <laughs> Source of contention in the marriage ranks right now. <laughs> we got past it. What was it like having both boys deployed at the same time? Oh, boy, that was the toughest thing. That was one of the hardest things I've ever been through. Hard, extremely, extremely worrisome, difficult. Made me cry sometimes. I don't like to cry, and I don't do it much. Unless she's happy. Yeah, I will cry for happy. But, um, I, you know, it, it's just a lot of things can go through your mind. And I would get up before dawn. I have a habit of getting up at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning and going to the barn. I like to be, I like to work with the horses. I always have. And it takes my mind off my worries just to throw my, myself into work. I just work until I drop. And I would work all day until time to go to sleep at night, come in after dark, you know. It is a good way to break up. If you, there's another night you can't sleep for whatever reason, doesn't shut down. You know the your animals are always up doing something. Yeah. And I mean, you get a relationship with them just like you do with your I dog. Had, or, uh, yeah, you know. I had mean, a job for years and years uh, selling seaweed for people, horses, and dogs. And I would be at the racetracks at five in the morning. The trainers start training your racehorses at five o'clock in the morning. And if I wanted to catch them, their day was over at 9 a.m. So I had to be at the track. So I was up and moving all those years that I worked 
for Source Incorporated. And uh, when I wasn't working for them, when I was raising our horses, I was up going out there and tending to That's them. That's the funny part is, you know, a lot of the products people, well, they test them on stuff before they give them to humans. Well, the good thing about Mo- we've been test cases our whole life. Yeah. So we've been running on that seaweed, the, like thoroughbreds. Uh-huh. To, I mean, kind the, of. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that was the I mean, take this. We'll see what happens. Like, all right, man. Let's go to find out. So all the tests, or a lot of the, not all, but a lot of tests were run on our herd of horses on those seaweeds in the 60s. Back in, way back, uh, we she started out. And then we started, gosh, you boys. Y'all were not three years old when we moved and started the horse ranch, started big horse ranching. Y'all, when we moved out to uh, Eagle Mountain Lake, when mm. we started collecting horses out there. Yeah. I remember that old pasture out there. We had $150,000 worth of horses in rusty barbed wire and an old fallen down shed was all we had. We had the horses. <laughs> we just didn't have any facilities. <laughs> didn't have much nothing nice as far as facilities was going. It was always my dream to have a big, pretty barn to, to put them in, keep them cleaner. But uh, we raced some dynamite horses. We went to the races. We went to the world, and we had a good time. It was wonderful. And I thought it was a good thing to take these boys out of the city to the country. They were small, and they were mm, between two and three years old. I moved us out of the city uh, out to a lake, found us a rental house on a lake. And that lady also had 11 acres and a barn, and I began to collect horses. And people would see how I cared for horses, and they'd say, Miss Holly, if you'll take care and raise this baby for me, I'll give you this baby. Miss Holly, would you trade me these two horses for that one that you own? And by that doing that, I ended up with lots of horses. We had lots and lots of horses. So it seems like the horses were a big part of the process for you of healing while the boys were away. What yes. kind of what kind of like wisdom would you have for other parents right now who are who have kids that are either actively deployed or deploying right now. Stay busy. Stay busy. Your mind is what will mess you up. It's what will kill you. you got to keep your mind busy. Stay strong in your mind, in your heart and your soul. Believe that they're going to be okay. Put them into God's hands and trust Him to care for them. It wasn't my responsibility to see that they were safe. There wasn't a damn thing from here I could do to save them. If anything, if they were to get into a problem, there wasn't nothing much that I could do other than call H. Ross Perot or somebody like that to help me, which I, I am prone to do, call somebody if I need help. It makes sense. I mean, if, um, you know, if you've got a child's kind of a wild Mustang, and you go out and you get him a Mustang to work with. And they'll both calm down together. I mean, they teach each other discipline. Each each it style. It was amazing what these boys they could do with I horses. I mean, it's kind of stylish to a human. So you, mm. you you run along that same same line. It teaches something. And what you said about just make a connection. Millie and I came out of the vet the other day. I was reading something in there. It said, you know, protect them from danger. Protect them for, for life. And I, I I read it for a little bit, and I sat and I thought about it for a little longer, and I was like, man, it's that's right. With your kids, you protect them from danger, you protect them for life. Your family, 
-hmm. But if you protect them from danger, you're going to have to protect them their whole life. Right. So, I mean, it's... It's the same old adage. There's a time when that switches. There has to uh be the, 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 the switch, the transition to where... It's like leaving the nest, man. You know, your wings kind of... And there's always that, that one... My favorite... I'm talking about that cartoon the other day. When they were just, you know, get your ass out of it. <laughs> and it, it Time just, to go. Yeah, it just happens. You know I mean? You just... Uh, you grow up and... The first step's always terrifying. It always is. It's supposed to be. That's mm-hmm. that's the thrill of it. And and it's not that the that, that terrifying fear ever goes away. It turns into anxiousness and then into confidence and then into just man, You're grown. Pattern yeah, yeah, it's just it's just it's ingrained it's in grown. you. So I mean everything we always had to work with. You know, there's a an old saying. You teach a man to fish, he'll feed himself and his family. You give a man fish, you have to feed him his whole life. You teach him to fish. I taught you what you needed to know to be men. That's what I was trying to do always, was to teach you what you needed to know to stand on your own two feet and to be able to face anything that came down the pike. That was my purpose. Self-esteem, self-respect in abundance. You got to kind of hand it so moms probably have a like you know they got a one-way uh, uh phone call to the good lord right so when you're when your kids come down and however however whatever and however powerful they are in the beginning when they get into when the discipline part i mean because mojo and i've been through some rough stuff i'm sorry for <laughs> i mean if that was payback for everything we got out of line <laughs> just why well, i apologize for that but it was uh i'm we're not afraid of anything mm-hmm I have a prayer I've said since you were born. Dear God in heaven, please surround my sons with your love and protect them from harm. Oh, Lord, I pray. Amen. And I say it, I say it a lot still. Even now, I'm still praying that prayer. Surround my sons with your love and protect them from harm. Oh, Lord, I pray. Works. Prayer works, folks. I'm going to tell you, prayer works. Need to get in touch with God. He's got all the answers. What were some of y'all's favorite memories growing up about your mom? She was always the prettiest thing walking around. Man, I I remember that. And I remember one time I paid a hundred dollars to this little girl in first grade. Oh, second for a, grade for a Garfield ruler. How'd you have a hundred dollars? Worked my ass off. He worked his ass off. They were on payroll in first grade. Clean out stalls. They had their own money. Morgan had a wad of money. That he carried working, on working him, that damn and he, ranch. he also bet on the horse races every every weekend. Morgan and the bookies would say, "See that little kid? Don't bet with him. He knows every all the horses. He knows who's going to win." Anyway, and he I, did. He I, knew who was going to win. I, I gave I gave that little girl in class a hundred bucks, and my teacher, man, she she cut loose on me in front of everybody. Yeah. And Mark pinned him up against the wall, too, about Miss, it. Miss Whitney, I think, was her name. Anyway, they took me to the office and called Mama. Uh-huh. She's like, I'll be right there. Uh-huh. And she showed up in this fur coat, about down to her ankles. She had these 
mean looking sunglasses like we wear. Yeah, dude. I'll never forget. <laughs> she walked in there and she, and she said, Queen what, B just came walking I don't in the remember door, exactly what went down. She was just like, what seems to be the problem? And the second they accused me of stealing that money, she's like, step outside. And yeah, she never tuned anybody up in front of it. She know, could, kind of I mean, by the end of it, they came out and apologized to me, apologized to me in front of everybody. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I didn't get that ruler, though. I got my money back. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I, if we got out of line, the same would sh- show up and tune us up in front of beat in class. Like in front of class, man. I mean, you just... God, no, you don't misbehave in my <laughs> That's when vicinity. the old man would step in. That's when we'd see him. Like if we ever irritated her to a point to where she wouldn't uh, tune us up herself, then the old man would show up. And you, just, you just kind of knew. Like, I, was get, I was getting my ass beat one time at the racetrack. These older boys was whooping on me pretty good. <laughs> and I was laying down in the fetal position, and I just remember kind of coming to, and my mom was picking me up, and them other boys were taking off running. I don't know what she did to them. But. <laughs> the horses got out one time, and uh, I don't know, I guess Pop, it was raining. I mean, there was a storm going on. We were Oh, by, I was there by myself yeah, yeah, trying I, to catch them. For whatever and... reason, man, we were. she kept us in the house, dude. And Dad walks in, she's like, where's your mother? And we just kind of pointed out to the back pasture, and he, right when he goes, right when he was shutting the door leaving, we're like, hey, man, she's kind of in a bad mood, <laughs> Next thing you know, man, he got a broken leg, dude. I, I broke mean, his she, foot. Foot, dude. She tuned him up. Walked out there talking. Walked out there talking shit. Yeah, he just, you know, he thought he. Well, he started come out there, started yelling and screaming. I'm right in the middle of trying to, yeah, uh, corral uh, thirty-five runaway horses broken through the fence. They're running all over God's creation. I've got a couple of hundred thousand dollars worth of horses running around out here, and he runs up and starts screaming at me. Oh no. No, 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 no. That's not, that's wrong. That's just wrong. That is just wrong. Yeah. And I so mean, I, I think... put a correction on him. What'd you do? I broke his foot. How? Well, he grabbed me from behind. He come around behind me and grabbed me in a, what do you call that? When they, yeah. Grabbed me in a Trying hold like that from behind. And I stomped his in, instep. You stomp somebody's incept, it immediately breaks their foot and they're incapacitated. Or he was at least. I knew where to hit him when he. Uh, I was I was thirty. Twenty nine, I was twenty nine when Red Wing happened. We were, and uh, Marcus was still out missing there, and we were all at the house. And by this time, there was there was quite a handful of team guys out there with me. And Mama, it was probably the third day, and there was probably close to sixty eighty people out there total. But a bunch of seals had come out just to to, to be with me and with the family and mama was out there barking orders telling people to do this go fix the fence go cut the grass that's the preacher on the that's lawnmower th- <laughs> very authoritarian if you will and we were standing on the front porch and i was like mama why don't you settle down a little bit and she reached up and slapped me across the face oh she's like i'm your mother don't you ever talk to me like that i just back from afghanistan i was in the seal teams <laughs> golly i was a man <laughs> i was a man <laughs> He was my Morgan interfering in what I had going on. I had all she these people. She slapped me in front of all those team guys. They turned around and walked off. I love the story about when y'all would have your little parties, post-deployment or pre-deployment parties and a bunch of hoochies coming over. Ooh. Mama she- hates the hoochies. <laughs> Mama hates. That's a new t-shirt right there. Oh, uh, yeah. Mama, Mama, Mama hates, hates the hoochies. When it was time for them to go, she walked out. She came out with a shotgun. Cocks the right. shotgun and shoots it off. Shotgun, buddy. Y'all get out of here. I warned you. Take these hoochies 
Home with you. Hey, you, you get, get these get, girls off this ranch you need to get now. Some of our crew in here, man, because there's a buddy of ours, D Ball. He he. Every now and again, we all stay in the same at our house. It's kind of like a hotel, right? And when she says corralling horses, it was her horses and us, right? Because there was a mess that was running around. And I didn't get. Oh, time. I had a house full of boys. We, all, all we didn't even have to be there. I mean, it's we were gone all the time. A house full of boys. Yeah, of course. They, yeah, they're still Those here. Are, a lot of them are my boys that just moved over to your house. Yeah, they're still here. I mean, we still hang out. Like we're, just, we're raising their grandkids now. <laughs> But uh, and they call me grandma. Yeah, their kids too. But, uh, well, you talking about the night D ball come in my house? Yeah. Well, David was David was off uh, working. He was out of town. I was there by myself, and I heard a noise. And I got up in the middle of the night to investigate. Looked out the front windows, and I could see a truck parked out there. And then I heard the sliding glass doors on the back porch slide open well i had a 357 magnum in my hands and i'm standing in the dark waiting and d-ball walked around the corner drunk <laughs> and the first thing he sees is me right between his eyes just looking right at him dead between his eyes if i hadn't recognized him he'd have been dead meat yeah, was coming in, you know. Don't let me know. Don't let me know you're coming. Just walk in the house here, me by myself. He made a lot of noise from then on out. <laughs> he loves telling that story. I did. I pulled down. I pulled down. Well, he was as sneaky as she taught us. She wouldn't have heard us coming in. <laughs> yeah. Dad would always tell you, like, I know David. I know Junior's. You call him Junior. I know Junior's here. I opened the refrigerator door and the hand package was opened up from the middle. <laughs> <laughs> That drunk bastard come in our house and open up. He opened up a chip bag from the middle too, not from top or bottom. Just decimate the kitchen and go to bed. Junior's here, I know. Oh yeah, he's in the back. I had two freezers and two refrigerators packed full of food for years. Yeah. Yeah, years. You don't worry about wasting food and leftovers if you got kids running around. It's always food to eat at our house. It was always clean clothes. At yeah, our house. whole army at her disposal. I mean, that, that's true. Even mm -hmm. now, I mean. All the way up to a bunch of Navy SEALs and Army and Marines and everybody else runs through here. My God, I've done some laundry in my lifetime. Mm, amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> done some laundry in my lifetime. Now, you were always allowed to have fun. I mean, we had the best childhood. Oh, up we laughed. I mean, I mean, we had a blast, dude. And, we uh, laughed. Even in the Christmases. The best one with Christmas, like if we didn't have anything, she would rewrap presents <laughs> that I'd give that them. She'd no already given us. <laughs> oh shit, that was out at the barn. Yeah, that we didn't, we weren't using anymore, but we used to like. You know, I'm saying like you liked it before, weren't you like it now? Like she rewrapped a pair of my Jordans, my yeah. Air Jordans. One time. She's like, I just remember how much you loved them. I yeah, thought you, well, I just remember how the thought you needed to have them. Couldn't afford again. to buy nothing, so oh, yeah. I rewrapped some of the cobweb. We wrapped up the whole bedroom. Oh, it was so sad. Sometimes it was so sad. We still got that. Well, we do what we have to do. Yeah. We do hey, what we can do. It's fun. Did what I could do. Because we did what I could do. We left in the morning. We would before school. We'd go down to the lake on the boat and get on the jet skis and and the tubes and and. All of us were always together. And then we would roll to school from the lake. As long as we got our schoolwork done, as long as we were doing what we were supposed to do, they would let us do anything like, like yeah, that. Yeah, what you wanted to do. I'll tell you, do some, you some of my past. Minute, we didn't pull our weight and we got jerked back. on. Yeah. I've, one thing I've, I've taken from, from our upbringing, one of many things that I do religiously, Leslie and I, is we eat at the supper table, breakfast and dinner. Yes. We've usually gone for lunch. But, we always did that. And always cooking home. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I prepared three big meals 
and I'm talking big plate day, <laughs> yeah, yeah. big meals uh, for my kids all the way through. I always fed them like every, kings. Every breakfast, every morning, mm-hmm. no matter what. That was that was the best. She woke us up. She she come downstairs and wake us up. I, I can't believe I I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, but it's it, uh, it's amazing. She come downstairs. Time to get up. Say it just like that. Go and turn my shower on. <laughs> And then go upstairs and cook What you want for breakfast? Cook, cook what breakfast. you want? You want omelets? You want waffles? Oh, How about some pancakes? I mean, some sausage? With some break bacon? We didn't take a break. One of our buddies like, man, every morning we get to wake up to smell a breakfast cooking. I was like, wow, what do you wake up to? He's like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> And that's true. Once we left there, man, in the Marine, then you, then you, in the military, you wake up to people yelling at you, trying to kill you. And I mean, I was like, and man, I'm changed when we went to college. I wonder you come back home. No man. food, nothing. <laughs> no, I mean, so we go back home every Sunday. Run that shower. Yeah, we, get up. we come back home every Sunday. Every Sunday, every hungry Sunday. in hell with a butt, butt little line. I remember yeah. that you boys went back to San Diego, and y'all were in class, or maybe it was just just Mark class, or maybe it was just you. And somebody said uh, the instructor asked, "What's the bomb?" And from the back of the room came the reply. Marcus's mom <laughs> is the bomb because y'all had just left here and I had cooked a lot for y'all. I would remember because we had to drive through to the to from one from one coast to the other to get through training. Everyone swung through here. I mean, it's kind of turned into a way station. You just kind of like I said, we wouldn't have to be here. I mean, I no. hear stories about me and my oh, buddies going yeah. out with team guys. Some of them I don't even know. I'm like, man, have a good time, dude. Because that's what we. I mean, around here is something in the water. Everyone's real friendly, man. We just it's real chill and. Even if you don't get along, you get along afterwards. I mean, you, you got to. We live together. What about discipline? Oh, yeah. Good I was Lord, big man. on that. Freaking my, if it got past her, like, she'd give you the warning, and then yeah. all she had to say was, you know, something about dad. <laughs> I know, but did you spank? Yes. I'm a spanker. Yeah. I spanked in the beginning when they were little. Yeah. Was when I, was, I would spank them. And I'd warm the seat of their britches. I used wooden spoons, even. But I would use my hand a lot. But I would warm your britches if you did something. I told you not to. I told you not to go in that paddock because there could be something in there that could kill you. You know, there, these horses could. We had race horses, and they are full of it. Uh, fierce. They can be extremely fierce. We had stallions and mares and raising babies, and it could be dangerous. I was just worried. I mean, you got to think how dangerous everything else is around you when your parents aren't around. And your parents can put some danger on you that they can take off. And, and that's how you, you learn. You, you, you learn that through your parents or the ones that are supposed to teach you that. You got Because you got to think guys like Mojo and I exist because back in the day, some dude decided not to be a dad. Or somebody decided not to be parents. And then one of them little, one of them dudes, you know, guys came up and became a, just a rabid wolf and started attacking people. And then, boom, here we are. So well, I believe in spanking, too, especially very young. Before they can talk, they don't know. Right. You can't ra- All you have to you do. You can't rationalize with them. Yeah. I mean, you just of- uh, spank a couple of times. I, I, honestly, I don't remember whipping y'all. I wasn't the one whipping y'all all the time, I don't think. No, that wouldn't I, be. I, Sorry, I as daddy. <laughs> I, could just, I could just tell y'all. Man, anybody who says that a spanking is 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 brutality is, is they're just that's crap. I think I mean, so you get, too. You slam your finger in the door. You, you know your buddies tackle you. You get mm-hmm. hit harder in there. And if your mom swats you when you're at that age, well, I, there's no there's no difference. And it's then, like this: you don't raise a welt. You don't break the skin. You don't make them bleed. You don't beat them in anger. You don't bruise them. You 
you warm the seat of their britches. You make their butts red. I spanked them. I, mean, I spanked them. They were messing. Like if I, we were messing with something that would hurt us, like the weapons training. Like we right. got weapons training at a young age. We weren't even allowed to touch those things. It's like there ain't there's nothing better than graveyard dead. I mean, you don't put your finger on the trigger. It's like, and um, I remember the. It's better to shoot a star and hit a stump than shoot right. a stump and miss. Yeah. I, I mean, at least you're you're going out and you're kind of you're, mm-hmm. you're doing something. And then when we got to a certain age, and I. I probably remember this i think it was the first time mojo ever like mom went to go uh smack one of us and i, I think that probably it was me probably i'm blaming on mojo like like kind of blocked her hand a little bit and that was like oh okay you're big enough not for me wait till you meet your dad and let me tell you something about that joker man oh he, no he a, we don't want to talk about it. He, he cut an old saddle gird off of a saddle he'd keep it over his hat rack like right there at the door <laughs> i mean just a reminder if you got out of line you that's what you had to deal with and there was a couple times, and the only time we ever got tuned up was for discipline, like disrespecting a, uh, one of our teachers or a lady or something like that. You know, guys, kids growing up, man, you get in fight, boys get in fights. That's like, that's what we do. I mean, that's going to happen. But getting out of line with a lady or with your, some, a teacher who's trying to teach you something, then, man, if you're going to act like a wild animal, we're going to beat you like one, because that's how you get a wild animal in check. You beat their ass. And you, you, they're like, oh, well, this thing's better than I, I am. I think one reason I didn't have to spank them a whole lot was because they watched me work with the horses. Oh, I got the message pretty quick, too, right? And watched me. <laughs> I'm a pretty quick learner, too, man. I, I, would, I will whip one if if I need to. There was. like she would, If she told us not to do something, then we got tuned up for it. We wouldn't do that again. Not I'm saying we wouldn't find a different way to get it done. You know what I mean? That's just kind of like adventure spirit. You know, the, the mischief part is like, hey, you, but you said not this way. And like, oh, okay. Right. We still get tuned up for it. But that's, you know, I mean, whatever. We turned out fine. We've done a lot of things in our life. I mean, we have. But we never disrespected a lady. I've never even oh, raised yeah. my voice at one, ever. Lots of love here. There's lots of love here. I've always adored these two boys since the moment they were born. I just adored them. Still do. So, Mom, uh, most everybody that follows the show and follows us on social media knows that uh, you're diagnosed with breast cancer. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that and Tell about the good how, news we, how we're doing today. Well, uh, thanks uh, for all the well wishes. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm healing great. Healing real good. Uh, cancer-free. Got the, I'm cancer-free. I got the diagnosis in September. The boys went with Melanie and Leslie went with me to talk to the surgeon, and we heard what they had to say, and I made the decision on what to do. It was my decision to make, and I just felt like I would have a better quality of life and live longer if I did a double mastectomy. And, yeah, I'm a little mangled now. I'm not quite as pretty as I used to be. But I feel good. Ooh, I feel good. I feel good. I'm getting stronger every day. Uh, I'm back to feeding my horses, taking care of my horses again, my dogs. And um, I think I'm doing great. I'm healing. I'm, I'm really tickled with the way that things are turning out. I feel good. I have better balance now. <laughs> uh, it's amazing. that I have to tell everybody, too. I think that in a short period of time, in a matter of a year or two, 
A double mastectomy will be done on an outpatient basis. There is no pain involved. I, I have suffered no pain doing this. I have had discomfort. But there's a difference between discomfort and pain. Pain is natural childbirth, twins, natural childbirth. Yeah, that hurt. But this, no. This is a piece of cake. This has not hurt me. I woke up the day after surgery getting on the phone looking for a new roping horse, (laughs) ready to get started. A little delighted involved with that. (laughs) Well, I didn't have no delighted. I had a gab of pitting. Not after, um, but I I mean, we kind of talked about it, like pain, pain, that discomfort. So imagine... I mean, I just kept telling us like, we're going just when you go to sleep. Imagine you're going in the gym. You're going to work out real, real right. hard, and it's going to work that stuff out. So after you work out, your muscles are sore, but you're right. laying there and you're happy. And that's about exactly it. what it was like. So every time you feel that that pressure, or that soreness, just remember, man, that's you've worked out real hard and you're healing up. And then we had a great you know, me and you up here. Yeah, we we started working out when they were little, when they were young. We started working mom had, out. Mom had Arnold's Arnold's book. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I'll never Kid you not, that had uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's book. And bought free weights. <laughs> then I bought an old Joe Weeder machine. She was going to make sure we were in shape because that's right. She bought that. that, that Joe Weeder. Well, first of all, there was a book on how to raise babies. And then there was that uh, Schwarzenegger book. And then she put Commando in the TV. <laughs> and we walk and work out. <laughs> she's like, that's why she's, we turned she's out. She's like, like your boy's <laughs> going to be big. Arnold started working out at 14. You guys are seven. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Come oh, on, let's right. do this. Come on, we can do this. Yeah. And so the three of us got strong. I got the biggest legs of any woman. <laughs> My calves from working out. You can overdo it. But we worked out. We worked out. We we put us a, a gym together in the garage. Oh, we didn't know anybody. I just thought it was fun at that time. You're just doing something, you know? Yeah. Like with your parents. What's um? What's your greatest never quit advice, Mama? What do you want to tell our listeners out there? about something, they can, something they can add to well, add their toolbox. N- your wisdom. No, no, matter, uh, no matter what life is, throws at you, and my God, can't it throw some shit at us? Pardon me, I can't say that kind of... They can throw some stuff at us. Life can really throw things at you. No matter what, never quit. Keep going. Keep coming back. Um... My energy and my stamina levels were almost completely drained, and I'm having to come back from that. So like Marcus has taught me, Morgan have taught me, you go a little further each day. You go as far as you can the first day. You do what you can the first day. And the second day, you go just a little bit further. The third day, a little bit further. And you just never quit. You keep coming back. You keep coming back, and you'll get strong again. And my God, don't forget to laugh. Don't forget to laugh. Stay strong. Stay strong in your mind. Don't let your mind beat you at this life game we're playing. We're all in here trying to figure it out and and do it to the best you know, of our abilities, live it the best way we can. And um, I don't think uh, I don't think quitting. Is an answer. Quitting has never been an answer for me. We don't quit. We Latrells. We keep going. We never quit. So. Amen. All right. Thank you, Mom. Yeah. Thank you. I love you. Love you too. Thanks for being an awesome mom. You're welcome. All right, guys. It's time again for another listener story. 
Thank you guys so much for writing these in. They're awesome. Today's story is called Never Defeated, and it is written by Milo. Good morning, gentlemen. My greatest never quit moment wasn't a definitive moment. As with many of you, I found myself in a position where many people see directions, but all I saw was one, full recovery. I was in a motorcycle wreck June 25th of 2016. I left the road and wound up going through a barbed wire fence. The last thing I can remember is getting gas in the bike around 130 miles away from where the bike wreck happened. Head trauma has a detrimental effect on memory. I remember bits and pieces of my first few days in the hospital. I had broken my skull in several places and the internal bleeding was severe. The total wound up being 20 broken bones, a lacerated liver, kidney, and lung. I was a mess. God and the community were on my side. The doctors went in to take out my kidney and assess my liver, but found the kidney had stopped bleeding and that the liver was recovering. I spent eight days in the ICU, followed by seven days downstairs. My family was given two options. They could take me home, or they could send me to a rehab facility. Luckily for me, my incredible family brought me home. Fast forward to today, and I've made a recovery that most would say was impossible. Not only did I survive, but the only lasting effects are some range of motion loss in my left arm and chronic pain. I was medically retired from the Army in 2012 with a back injury, and I was told I would never run again. Since the wreck, I have run a 5K and am working up to a marathon. The never quit mindset and the people who perpetuate that by sharing their stories have played a huge part in my recovery. Thank you, gentlemen, for all you do. Sincerely, Milo. I have walked a mile in your shoes, my friend, and I applaud your efforts. Yeah, good job, man. Hell, don't stop at a marathon. Get you up to some of that ultra stuff. <laughs> really make you feel bad about yourself. That's an inspiring story, and I'm glad you shared that with us because people need to hear that. Let me get you get your ass knocked down. You get beat oh, up, man. broken up. Got to land on that your back. That lets you know man, that, that wrecking all those injuries. That I mean, when you're going through that, you think it's the end and it's nothing. But in reality, man, all that did once you healed up, you got stronger and you just kept going and you just you set your own limits where you want that to be. Yeah, that's that's kind of how it works. You go till till you kind of get crushed down, and then you heal up, come back harder. Good luck on that marathon. Keep us posted. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. I'm expecting at least. Somebody four broke hours. the two minute. You said, huh? Somebody oh, yeah, broke the. Yeah. Kipchoge, two hour, an hour and fifty nine minutes, which was thought to be humanly impossible. You watch that video? Yeah, that's a great point right there, man. Uh, limit what's supposed to be impossible for human limitation is keeps getting. We keep setting the bar and breaking it. So never let anybody set your bar or your rock bottom. Oh yeah, hit me up uh, when you cross the finish line. Send me a, uh, hit me up on Instagram, Mojo Latrell. Uh, let me know how you did. Yeah, thanks Milo for sharing your story. They're always super inspiring to us, and it definitely helps us, um, you know, see exactly how much impact this show is having, and it's pretty awesome. So, thanks again. If you would like to share your story, just head over to teamneverquit.com/podcast. There's a share your story button in the navigation menu. Click on that. You can read stories. You can share your own story. We'd love for you to do that. If you want to be the first one to know when we drop new episodes and you need to make sure you've subscribed to the show, you can press the purple subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or any other major podcast player to be notified the moment we release a new episode. We drop new episodes every single Wednesday just for you guys. Share the episode with a friend. This could inspire someone. This could change someone's life. This show specifically will be great for parents of people deployed, parents of twins, Anyone out there who's just looking for an incredible... Parents. Yeah, parents. It's a great story. So join us every single Wednesday for new episodes. Thank you guys for tuning in. Marcus, Morgan, 
It was awesome to have y'all's mom on today. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Mother, again. They for didn't get too that. out of control. Still teaching us. Thank you guys again for coming back. Looking forward to the year. God bless y'all. Hope you enjoy as much as we do.